And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. We're in a series called Focusing, Focusing on the Important. And today I want to talk to you about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus. And if you've got your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 3, verse 1. It says, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Okay, you figure, what does that mean, the ninth hour? Well, the Jews began counting the hours of the day starting at 6 a.m., and they counted forward. So the ninth hour would be 3 o'clock in the afternoon, according to our our clocks. Okay, so it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's the hour of prayer at the temple. And it says they're going up there in verse 2, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms. In other words, to ask money for those who enter the temple. Here's this cripple. He says he's been lame from his mother's womb. He has never walked. His muscles have atrophied for lack of use. He has never been able to support himself with his legs. Somebody a relative, a brother, a sister, somebody's had mercy upon him. And every day they pick him up and they take him to the entrance to the temple where he has his hands out and he's begging, okay? He's asking for money. Verse 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asks for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Now the previous verse says he saw them, but how many of you know sometimes... Sometimes the people that are asking for the handout, they will look, but they won't really look you in the eye because there's a certain sense of shame. There's a certain sense where they are, they're shielding their own hearts from rejection. And Peter says, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name. Everybody say in the name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaped up, stood and walked, entering the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And this chapter goes on to say that when this great congregation of people see this man who is been a cripple all his life and they see him walking and leaping and praising God. They see God not only doing a miracle healing that which made him crippled, but God also did a miracle because God obviously enabled atrophied muscles to begin to work. When everybody saw him, they began running toward Peter and John and toward this man. And Peter began to preach to them about the Lord Jesus Christ in whose name this mighty miracle was done. And 5,000 people come to Christ. 5,000 people are saved. And yet Peter and John are arrested by the Jewish Sanhedrin. And we could jump over to chapter 4, starting at verse 7. They've been arrested. Verse 7, it says, And when they had set them in the midst of the Sanhedrin, they asked them, By what power or by what name have you done this? See, they kind of asked the ultimate question. Folks, the ultimate question, if you really want to stop somebody from doing it, doing something, you ask them, say, By what authority 
Are you doing what you're doing? By what? Who gave you the power? Who gave you the jurisdiction to do what you do? Because they're trying to stop them from preaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Now let's jump over to verse 10. Let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Now then jump down to verse 12. It says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus has been given to the church. The name of Jesus has been given to those who are washed in the blood of Christ, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The name of Jesus has been given to the redeemed as our possession. Jesus said, I want you to use my name. I want you to speak my name. I want you to pray in my name. Now think about this. The power and the authority of a name depends on who's backing up that name. If it's 2 a.m. and somebody's knocking on your door. And you look through the window to see who it is. And you see a Leon County Sheriff's car parked in your driveway. And maybe the blue lights are going around. And you look outside and there's a big burly deputy wearing body armor underneath his clothing. And you don't know him. Now you just wouldn't open your door to somebody at 2 a.m. that you didn't know. But because you know there's authority... And he's wearing a badge. And you know that he's representing the Leon County Sheriff's Office. You just might. You just might. I know what I would do. I would open my door and say, can I help you please? Because I would recognize who's backing him up. See, the chief priest and the members of the Sanhedrin, they want to know by what authority, by what jurisdiction has this crippled man healed now? In other words, who's backing you up? I'm telling you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you've got the authority of heaven that's in the name that's above every name backing you up as you move in righteousness, as you move in seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness. In fact, Jesus was spoken of by Paul in his letter to the Philippians. Philippians Philippians chapter 2. Let's look at this scripture together. Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 says, Therefore God has also highly exalted him, that's Jesus, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me ask you a question. Everybody look at me. Why is there only one God whose name is profaned and taken in vain in our culture? Why 
do people say, they use God's name and then they say blankety blank? Why do some people get upset and in a cursing way they'll mention the name of Jesus Christ? Why is that? I, I just, I just want to suggest to you that the devil knows that there's authority and that there's power behind the name of Jesus. And the devil's afraid of the name of Jesus. And so the devil has an agenda. The devil wants to get people to disrespect the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil wants to get people to take the name of God as a byword. But see, because see, here's the problem. For the devil, when believers in Jesus Christ begin to speak the name of Jesus, the devil doesn't have any defense against the name of Jesus. The devil doesn't have any place to go. All he can do is run and hide. And God has given you the name that's above every name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ is our possession. Amen. It belongs to us. Folks, you've got authority over every evil thing in the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, sickness has to go. At the name of Jesus, dis-ease has to go. At the name of Jesus, depression has to go. At the name of Jesus, poverty has to go. At the name of Jesus, oppression has to go. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until, you've asked, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be made full. God wants your joy To be full. And He wants you and I to ask in His name. But folks, it's not... It's Lord Jesus, help me. It's a name that we speak in worship. It's a name that we speak in adoration. It's a name that we speak out of the sincerity of our heart. Hallelujah. Jesus wants your joy to be full. Turn to somebody and tell them that Jesus wants your joy to be full. Let me share with you four things about the name of Jesus. Number one, there are many people who believe in Jesus, but they do not believe in the power of his name. So conversely, they don't cast out devils in His name. They don't pray for the sick in His name. But Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, He said, these signs are going to follow those who believe in My name. Not in the name of Buddha. Not in the name of Muhammad. Not in the name of Confucius. Not in the name of Hare Krishna. But in the name of Jesus, he says, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Folks, I believe in the name of Jesus. It's a name that's high above every other name. I'm telling you, the name of Jesus is far above cancer. I said the name of Jesus is far above arthritis. 
I said the name of Jesus is far above depression. Come on. The name of Jesus is far above every work of hell. All of heaven stands at attention when the name of Jesus is spoken in faith by a believer in Jesus Christ. Heaven stands to attention when you mention the name of Jesus. I think the angels come too. And the angel said, hey, I heard that name. I heard that man speaking his name in faith. I don't think the angels come, come around to pay any attention when somebody uses Jesus' name in vain. But when somebody in faith speaks the name of Jesus, when you're driving down the road and a car appears out of nowhere and it looks like you're going to hit it and you say, oh, Jesus, help me. I want you to know all of heaven pays attention. Man, when you're sick and you're in trouble and it doesn't look like things are going to work out for you and you speak the name of Jesus, I believe all heaven comes to attention. Mark, where are you? Mark, Mark was sharing with me. Come here just real quick. Can we turn on this mic? Mark, just tell these guys what you just told me. We've been singing this song that there's a miracle in this place, that we can expect a miracle, and that everything shall bow to the name of Jesus. About three weeks ago, I went to the doctor for my physical. And the doctor found a lesion on my arm, about four millimeters in diameter, and it was real sore and painful. So we made an appointment to excise it. I went in this week, rolled down my sleeve, and there was nothing there. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Just, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just see your hands. How many of you could say, the Lord's done that for me? Come on, let me just see your hands. Yeah, look all over this house. All over this house. Hallelujah. You're a living testimony. Tell people about it. Some people complain, well, I don't, just seem, I don't seem to have the presence of the Lord in my life. Well, talk about Him. Give Him glory. Hallelujah. Talk about His goodness. Talk about His love. Talk about His grace. Talk about where you'd be without Him. Talk about where you're going now because you got Him. Hallelujah. Speak His name. I remember, remember many years ago reading about a family who lived out in the country. And this family was about 50 miles from the nearest doctor and hospital. And their nine-month-old daughter contracted an infection and had a burning fever, 104 degrees. And this family didn't know what to do. And so they knew they had some Christian neighbors who lived four and five miles away in a adjacent farms. And so they sent people out to get their neighbors. And so they had four or five families convened at 2 a.m. And they said, would you help us pray for our daughter? We need a miracle. And one man stood over the bassinet and prayed a long religious prayer, but nothing happened. Somebody else came and they began stomping their feet and saying, I bind this thing, I bind it, I loose, I loose that, and nothing happened. After a while, the adults got tired of praying and they were over in a corner talking. And this little lady walked up to this bassinet, the nine-month-old is screaming her lungs out. And she just begins to speak very calmly, Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I adore you, Jesus. I magnify you, Jesus. I lift up the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And for about five minutes, this dear lady just stood there. Not in a loud voice, but she just began proclaiming, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the mama noticed it first because the cry went from, 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 from about 105 decibels. It went all the way down to a whimper. And before long, the baby had fallen asleep. And the mama felt the little girl's head and the fever had left. I'm telling you, there's power. There's power not in being religious. There's power not in praying long public prayers. Somebody said the people that pray long public prayers pray short private prayers. Think about that. There's not power in being religious. There's no power in stomping your foot. There's no power in shaking your, your, your fist even at the devil. But there's power in the person. And in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two. It's very important that you know the person behind the name. It's very, very important that you know the person behind the name. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not washed in the blood, if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you might speak His name, but it's not going to have the same authority as it will when somebody who's yielded and submitted to His authority. Look, everybody, look at me. Everybody look at me. So many times we, 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 we wrestle. Can I trust God? I'm in a difficult spot. Can I trust God? But let me tell you what heaven is asking. Heaven is asking, can I trust Zach? Can I trust Lacey? Can I trust the Thomas family? Can, 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 I, can I trust the Ruiz family? Can I, can I trust this one? Can I trust that one? Because the people that God can trust, let me tell you, they're not people that just give half their heart to the Lord. Amen. Folks, the people that God trusts are not the people that just do a Sunday morning nod to God and then they forget about Him the rest of the week. The people that God trusts are the people that give all of themselves to the Lord. Jesus, here I am. I'm giving myself to you 100%. Not 98%, not 99%. I'm giving myself 100% to you. I'm giving you my mind, my will, my emotions, my body, my soul, my spirit. I'm giving you my past. I'm giving you my present. God, I'm giving you my strengths and I'm giving you my weaknesses. God, you know it all anyway. I give him myself to you. I yield to you, Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my God. I'm telling you, when, you will, when you'll stand yielded to Jesus 100% and you start to speak his name, I'm telling you, all that angels rush to attention and the devils begin to flee. In Acts chapter 19, we read about seven brothers and they, they were in a meeting where the Apostle Paul was preaching and there was a demoniac that acted up. A demonized person began to act up. And so Paul in the service cast the demon out of that person. And those brothers said, hey, did you see that? Let's go try to do that. And they knew somebody that 
was demonized. And they went to that person. And they tried to cast that spirit out. In fact, we read about it in Acts 19, verse 15. Look at what happened when they tried. Now, they were not yielded to Jesus. He was not their Lord. Verse 15 says, The evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. And Paul I know. But who are you? Jesus I know. And Paul I know. But who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Folks, not just anybody can use the authority that's in Jesus' name. It's only for true believers. It's only for those who know what that name represents. You know, we had something exciting that happened. It was just last week. In fact, Pastor Zach, I want you to come up here and... So, so, those young men and women that were with you, I want you guys to join me up here real quickly. These guys got permission from Tallahassee Community College to go over and at lunchtime to give away free pizza. Now listen, they gave away free pizza and offered free prayer to every student that would want it. And they were praying in the name. Come on, Raymond. Raymond's coming all the way from the sound booth. <laughs> Free pizza and prayer for everybody that wants to tell us all about it, Zach. Yes, sir. Thank you, Pastor. Well, this is some of our Paradigm team. And a lot of these uh, guys and girls gave their lunch hour uh, two Thursdays. We're actually getting ready to go back this Thursday. So it was about two weeks ago. Uh, we were in a meeting a couple months ago. We dreamed up an idea to reach our campuses. And people say, students like pizza? And, uh, and we're like, we're going to offer prayer. So that's what we did. And we got six boxes of pizza. As soon as I set the pizza down, there were people who said, I don't want pizza, but I do want you to pray with me. Three guys. And then like right off the bat, and, this is, and I'll let some of them share a few of their stories because they, yeah, amen. Um, seven nursing students stopped me and said, we don't want any pizza, but we hear you guys are praying for people. And one girl looked at me and the pastor was talking about in the name of Jesus. She said, I need to get my life right with the Lord. I haven't been living right. So we said, I said, I said, let's pray. She said, and then our six friends said, well, you pray with us too. So we're huddled up in the middle of the student union. We just start praying. And I say, in the name of Jesus. And then, you know, we, and we pray. She rededicates her life and some of the other girls. And I remember as soon as we ended the prayer, they said, man, there was something different about that prayer. Something different about that prayer. So, Raymond, do you, you want to share? The, with, yeah. I got a chance to pray with a person born and raised in Tallahassee, two international students from India, and a lady in her 50s or her 60s. And um, so I guess my point is that there are people of all ages, all races, all walks of life that, that are in need, and we just have to be on the lookout to look around us, and we'll see people who are in need, and we can pray for them, and we'll... And that makes a change. And also one thing that really amazed me is that after doing all of that, serving people, praying for them, I wasn't tired. I felt energized. It's like they actually ministered to me. So um, Finally, there, there wasn't a lot of hostility in the environment. I was a bit stressed. I was wondering if everybody will reject us. But, I mean, it was a very positive atmosphere. So please come with us. Hello. Um, I'm actually a student at TCC, so whenever the opportunity came to uh, 
reach out to the campus. I was, jumped on that opportunity pretty quickly. But um, I was actually about 15 minutes late because uh, I had a class I had to uh, go to. And whenever it finished, I met with Pastor Zach and the rest of the team. And whenever I got there, they were already a line of people uh, ready to receive prayer and to get pizza. But whenever um, we started praying, it's just the willingness of the students in that area, in that TCC. And sometimes we just overlook TCC and uh, Lively Tech even um, because of the big universities like Florida State and FAMU. But it just opens up a new opportunity for us and this whole team to reach up and to disciple more people and to invite more people to our Paradigm Nights. Yeah, we're going to... Yeah, we're going to need some more pizzas to come. <laughs> There's a lot of people there. Uh, actually, I have like two short stories. Uh, one of them was a, a group of girls that came, and uh, we just had set up, finished setting up, and we are starting to hand out the pizza. And uh, some of the students that kind of came out there thinking, oh, yeah, okay, like prayer, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what my prayer is, and I'll walk away with the pizza. And so they would give some kind of prayers, and I'd say, okay, well, let's go ahead and pray. Oh, now? <laughs> Yeah, now. <laughs> and so some of them were pretty shocked, but then like afterwards you could tell they were really thankful that, oh, like you didn't just say to pray for me and then maybe not actually do it while I'm not there. No, you actually do care about us and you do want us to be there. So that was really encouraging. And then there was another individual named Jared that Kimberly and I were talking with, and he's been kind of going to a bunch of different churches just trying to find where he belongs, the, the family. And it can be kind of hard as you're in a new area, you don't know any of the churches that are going on. And uh, so we were just praying with him, and we told him about some of the groups that Paradigm was going to be doing, uh, the FSU Bible study, you know, the first Monday of every month, and he sounded really interested. We, you know, to our knowledge, we weren't able to get any information from them, but we did give him our number and the address and the different Paradigm flyers that we had, and so he did sound very interested. So it's, it's working. Jesus is moving there. Hallelujah. Thank you. It was such an awesome, awesome day. Like, going in there, I had a pre-existing notion that this is probably not going to be as popular. Um, but, you know, the, the whole thing that goes into your mind of going, um, not sure this is really going to have a huge impact or whatever huge means. But um, right then and there is when the Lord stopped me and he says, just go, just, just go. And so I just went. And that's when God shows up is when we're faithful and just going. Uh, faith in, in theory really doesn't do much. It's faith in action. We see so much happen. And just with like an hour and a half, I feel like we were there for an hour and a half with six boxes of pizzas. I mean, short amount of time, a little bit of pizza. I mean, it, it's really about filling the needs. Um, it was really cool because like it was the students were so hungry, not just for pizza, but they were so hungry. And how cool it is that we get to feed them not only pizza, but we ask them, what's your simple needs? Most of them were like, you know, I got tests, and that's important, right? You know, the small things, but there were some really huge needs. They're like, I just, I don't want prayer. They just like, Pastor Zach said, they just wanted prayer. They didn't want pizza. Some of them wanted both. That's okay. We'll give them pizza. There was one instructor. Um, she was like a I think she was a uh, an advisor, maybe an instructor. I uh, got to pray with, and she goes, "Oh, I'm just so heavy. I, I just need, I need prayer. I, I have all this stuff." And she kind of shared with me a little bit, and um, I said, "Well, let's pray. Let's pray." And afterwards, she was like, I had, "And she told me afterwards, and I was like, that's a lot.'" She goes, "Yeah, it's a lot." She goes, 
I feel much better now. Can I have pizza? And I was like, yeah, you can, because we're here to fill not only needs, but fill bellies, you know. So your heart is full, but hey, you know, pizza is always awesome. And, you know, so that was cool. Um, For me, um, I'm a very shy person. I have a lot of problems uh, talking to people, especially people I don't know, especially talking about the gospel, because it's not everybody's favorite topic, Uh, especially when you're sitting in a class all day where many professors would uh, very directly try to uh, undermine the gospel, undermine the church. Uh, uh, so I, I, have, I have tried to get out there, and I have seen people getting very angry. And so it's not, uh, it's not probably my favorite thing to do. So that day I was really afraid, and that day I was praying about uh, going and sharing the gospel at TCC. And my prayer was, well, God, I, I, I want to be there. I want to support this, and I and I at least want to share the gospel with one person. I want to share the gospel with one person at least, and that was what happened. Uh, we were there, and I and I saw people coming for prayer, coming for pizza, and I and I got to share the gospel with one person, and I was I was really grateful um, because something I want to do in my life is not to not to serve. God for the sake of men, but I know that the name of God deserves to be praised and deserves to be preached, and I wanna I wanna do it even even if I don't see a response. Uh, I don't wanna do it because I love men. I wanna do it because I love God. Um, so, Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. And, and Zach, when are you guys going back? This Thursday. This coming Thursday. Amen. Pray for these guys. Amen. Give him a big hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's our third point this morning. Sometimes people will say, well, I prayed in the name of Jesus, but nothing happened. I prayed in Jesus' name, but nothing happened. Folks, I I really believe this. The name of Jesus must become a living reality on the inside of you. See, I know that when I speak the name of Jesus, something's going to happen. When I'm praying for people and we have time, I will often ask them, I'll say, what's going on in your heart right now? What's, what's Jesus doing? And invariably, people will say, you know what? And, and I'm not sensing a thing. But invariably, people will say, I feel heat in my body. Maybe, maybe, maybe they were praying for healing. They'll say, I feel heat in that area where I wanted to be healed. They'll say, I just sense, I, you know, the, the, all, all the pressure is just lifted off me. I sense peace. I sense joy. I'm telling you, there's, there's power. There's authority in the name of Jesus. You know, um, how many of you know who Evangelist Oral Roberts was? He's now with the Lord, you know, maybe two-thirds of you. Oral Roberts had a worldwide healing ministry. He started a university in the 1960s in Tulsa, Oklahoma. In fact, we've got a couple of graduates of Oral Roberts University in our congregation. And uh, he started this, this university, but he had a, his youngest son was named Richard. And Richard hated the fact that his father was a healing evangelist. Richard hated the fact that he could, no, he could go nowhere and escape the shadow of his famous father. Richard did not love Jesus, didn't want anything to do with God. And so while his dad had started a university, Richard says, I'm going to go to the University of Kansas. 
So he enrolls in the University of Kansas. And he says, I'm so glad to be away from my famous father. I'm so glad to be away from his influence. That went, everything went well for a couple of weeks. And then Richard got a check in the mail. And he needed to cash it. And he went to a local bank. And that local bank would not cash his check. So he tried to open an account. They said, no, we don't know who you are. You can't open an account. He went to a second bank. They wouldn't cash his check. He went to a third bank. They wouldn't cash his check. And they would not open an account for him. And finally, he just got angry. He says, my father is Oral Roberts. My name is Richard Roberts. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the clerk looked at him and her eyes got wide. She says, I'll be right back. She went and got somebody else that was higher up and they came in and they said, Oh, Mr. Roberts, we will be glad to cash your check. We'll be glad for you to open an account for us. See, even though he didn't want anyone to know that he was Oral Roberts' son, it worked together for his good. It helped him. Folks, there's some Christians who take the attitude that I'm not going to speak the name of Jesus. I'm not going to, I'm not going to acknowledge the power that's in Jesus' name. But I'm telling you, every single one of us needs to say, Jesus, I am yours. You are mine. Your banner over me is love. I'm covered by your blood. I thank you for working in my life. I thank you because you're going to make a way where there doesn't appear to be a way. I thank you, Lord, because you're going to take care of this need. I'm telling you, the name of Jesus when spoken in faith, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ when spoken in faith will give the favor of God in your life. The name of Jesus will open doors where where, where those doors don't look like they're going to be open. The name of Jesus when spoken in faith and the old devil will lie to you and say this isn't doing any good. But what you can't see into the unseen world, you can't see the angels of God standing at attention and the demons starting to flee. You can't see what God's doing in your life. The name of Jesus will give you peace when your emotions are haywire. The name of Jesus will bring calm when there's there's disease everywhere. The name of Jesus will help you to settle down and give you direction. There's nothing as powerful as the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, say amen. Amen. Here's our fourth point very quickly. There are critics that say, well, you Christians just use the name of Jesus as a formula. You Christians just use the name of Jesus as a good luck charm. Folks, when President George W. Bush sent troops to liberate Kuwait. Do you know what the critic said? The critic said, the president has exceeded his authority and jurisdiction. When President Bush then sent troops into Iraq, the critic said, the president has exceeded his authority and his jurisdiction. When President Barack Obama made many decisions. There were those who criticized him. They said, President Obama has exceeded his authority and his jurisdiction. Folks, in the last two months, since Donald Trump has been named president, the news media and his critics have accused him of exceeding his jurisdiction, of exceeding his authority. The Sanhedrin wanted to know one question. By whose authority and by whose jurisdiction have you performed this miracle? Why is this man who was lame, why can he now walk and leap and praise God? And there's one and only one answer. 
I'm telling you, there's a name that is greater than the name of the President of the United States. There's a name that is greater than the Senate and the Congress. There's a name that is greater than the Supreme Court and all the Supreme Court justices. And his name is Jesus. He's the Son of the living God. He said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the source. He's the force. And he's the course of the universe. He's the one who's coming back again on a white horse. And every eye is going to see him. And the trumpet of God's going to and the dead in Christ are going to rise and then those of us that remain are going to rise to join them in the air so shall we forever be with the Lord therefore comfort one another with those words his name is Jesus his name can steal the storm hallelujah he said and these signs are going to follow those who believe They're going to cast out demons. They're going to speak with new tongues. (laughs) They're going to take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it's not going to hurt them. They're going to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, His name will furnish a table before you in the wilderness. His name will make the crooked path straight. His name will calm the worst storm in the world. His His name will bring peace to your troubled emotions. Oh, God provides the Christians with eternal life for eternity. Come on. He gives us heaven and eternal life. But while you're on this earth, He gives you His name. Everybody speak His name, Jesus. Come on. Say it again, Jesus. Jesus. Folks, you know, we're we're a Christian church. I'm happy to be a Christian. If you look up Christian in the dictionary, it means a follower of Christ. But in Acts chapter 11, when the followers of Christ were first called Christians, they they were in Pisidian Antioch. They're actually in modern day Turkey. And they were called Christians. It was a derisive term. They said, who are these little Christ? Little Jesuses. Who are these little messiahs? Who do they think that they are, these little anointed ones? Folks, I'm going to tell you something. I have an anointing according to the Bible. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 and verse 27 says, I have an anointing from the Holy One. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Christ in me is the hope of glory. People say, well, who in the world do you think you are, Terrell? I'll tell you, I'm nothing, but Jesus is everything. I am nothing, but Christ in me is everything. The name of Jesus will work for you at 2 o'clock in the morning. The name of Jesus will work on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. How many of you have ever seen a, a famous preacher that's on television today named Joel Osteen? Let me see your hands. A lot of you have heard of Joel What you may not know is that church he pastors was founded. His church is giant today. But but, but the man who built that church up was his father, John Osteen. And John Osteen was a Southern Baptist missionary. And he got on the mission field and he realized he didn't have enough power and authority of the Holy Spirit in his life. And he began seeking God. And he got baptized in the Holy Ghost and he started speaking in tongues. And he discovered the authority and the power that's in God's Word And John was a bold man of God. He wasn't real big. He was kind of like Joel. Joel is not real tall. And his daddy's not real tall. But John used to tell the story of going to New York City on business. 
And he was in a high-rise hotel and he got on an elevator. And as soon as he got on it, there were two men that were talking. There were about seven or eight people on the elevator, but two were talking. And they were talking loud and they were cursing the name of Jesus. They were cursing God's name. He said you could tell that they had been drinking. And he says they got about three floors up. Those guys didn't get off. They just kept cursing the name of Jesus. So John Osteen in boldness said, I praise you, Jesus. I magnify you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You are worthy to be worshipped, Jesus. Thank you for your shed blood, Jesus. I thank you that I belong to you and you belong to me. And then Brother John said, those men looked at him and said, what in the world are you doing, fella? He says, I'm just demanding equal time. You're talking bad about Jesus. I'm going to give him glory. I'm going to give him praise. I'm going to give him honor. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When Kathy and I started out in, in, in St. Augustine, and I'm going I'm to kind of wind down with this, so Norm, if you wouldn't mind coming to the keyboard. When we started off in ministry in St. Augustine, our church had AA meetings, Alcoholics Anonymous. And we had a lot of people that would come to those meetings, but they didn't come to church. And one Friday, one, one Thursday afternoon, I was sitting in my office, and I, I just, you know, when you're there by yourself, we kept the doors locked, and people would ring a doorbell to get in. And I heard the outside door open and close, and I assumed it was one of the other pastors or the secretary. And suddenly standing in my doorway was a big fella, long stringy red hair, about six foot three. He looked at me for a minute and he began to curse. He started, he said some ugly, ugly, profane things to me. And then he started walking towards me, and I'm sitting behind my desk. He starts walking towards me, he says, I'm going to pull your lungs out of your chest. And he continued to cursing and it continued coming. What did he do in that moment? I had a window behind me, but I wouldn't fit through it. I remember I had about enough time to say, Jesus, help me. And I found myself standing up and I pointed at him. I said, don't you take a step more. I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you sit down and you be quiet. He just stood there. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you sit down and you be quiet. He just stood there. I said, I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you sit down and you be quiet. And he sat down like a whip puppy. Quicker than you can imagine, I jumped out behind him and I put my hands on his shoulders and I was not going to let that fellow back up. I held him down and I started to speak the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I started to take authority over every devil I could think of. I began to cast out every, I probably made some demons up that day, but I cast every spirit I could think of out of that fella. And I just held him down and I just continued praying because I didn't want to let him up. And I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to do? I just continued praying until I sensed God's presence. How many of you know the anointing? The presence of God makes all the difference in the world. And the fellow said to me, you don't have to press so hard. And then he said, thank you. I really needed that. A few months later, Kathy and I left Trinity Chapel and moved to Virginia Beach. And Two years beyond that, we came back and I was preaching one Sunday morning at Trinity Chapel. 
And we looked up in the choir. Guess who's there? Fellow about six foot three, long, stringy, red hair down to his shoulders. But he's got a beam on his face. He's worshiping Jesus. And there's his wife right there beside him. Hallelujah. How far does God's grace reach? There's no barriers to the grace of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's authority. There's power in the name of Jesus. But if you don't use the name of Jesus, you're not going to benefit from His power and from His authority. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.